Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. Okay, so this is now number four in our continuing series of episodes on the subject of the conditions, the operating states of existence as discovered by L. Ron Hubbard, and the steps or formulas he discovered that take you from one operating state or condition to the next one up. Applying each step of each formula will ultimately take you into the highest operating state there is, which he designated as the condition of power. Now, you may not realize it, but each formula runs into the next one. So the last steps of one formula should be immediately followed by the first step of the next formula. And so, in fact, all these steps actually make for a steady road or ladder, if you will, upward in survival for you, your family, your group, mankind, etc. I will go into this in more detail in a future episode, but I just want to put that out there. But while we've been working our way up from the lowest condition there is, confusion, through the next condition up, which is treason, and so we posted a review episode on treason as number three in this series, I wanted to take a little break from addressing a specific formula to create a dedicated episode on the concept of the conditions themselves. So you have, early on in this series, a very good basic understanding that can serve you throughout as you are listening. Uh, as you know, we try to make every episode of Business Wise such that a new listener can grab any episode and learn from it without confusion. In other words, they are intended to stand on their own. But when you tackle a series like this, that is sometimes a little tricky. So. While we will continue to define what a condition is in every episode, mark this one, the one I'm recording right now, as your definitive description and possibly a good place for someone totally new to the subject to start their investigation into it, to find out for themselves what the conditions in their formulas are. At the same time, we are going to cover seven points with you from Mr. Hubbard about conditions and their formulas that you would be very, very smart to memorize because if you skip any one of these points and fail to apply them, you're going to mess things up for yourself. If you've been having any trouble applying the information on conditions and their formulas, then this episode will likely debug you because chances are you've missed one or more of these seven points. So while this episode is a good introduction, as someone new to the subject, it is also a handy one to use to debug your own application, no matter how well you might think you know them. Learn these seven points cold and apply them, and you will not have difficulty with conditions or their formulas ever again. The source of this information is a book Mr. Hubbard authored that is an introduction to ethics as he codified this subject. The following is a comprehensive definition of the word ethics derived from Mr. Hubbard's works. So let's start with this. So ethics is defined as, quote, the actions an individual takes on himself 
in order to accomplish optimum survival for himself and others on all dynamics. Okay, so for any of you that this is your first time listening to Business Wise, let's clear up what a dynamic is. So Mr. Hubbard defines a dynamic as follows. This is, again, derived from Mr. Hubbard's works, this definition. A dynamic, quote, a surge of energy within us, which is seeking to promote the survival of something, an urge, a thrust, a motion toward survival. So just as an aside and as an example, what gets you out of bed to go uh, do the gym and work out? That's an urge. That's putting you in motion to do something for the dynamic of self towards your better survival. You're going to survive better if you're in better shape. So you drag your butt to the gym. So that's the first dynamic urge. It might also be a second dynamic is sex and family. And maybe you want to look because perhaps you want to make yourself look as attractive as possible to someone. So you go to the gym and you work out. So that's would be then a second dynamic motivation or urge. Okay. But it puts you in motion, gets you out of bed, gets you through your coffee, gets you down to the gym. Okay. So he goes on to say this. This is a continuation of the definition of dynamic. The basic command, survive, exclamation mark, is known as the survival dynamic. If we take a look at this dynamic through a magnifying glass, again, these are Mr. Robert's words, we find that in this one thrust, there are eight thrusts or eight dynamics. These are motives or motivations. They are urges for survival as or through one self. We're not going to go into a lot of detail on these. I'm just covering this quickly. One self. Two sex and family. Three groups. Four all mankind. Five living things, plants and animals. Six the physical universe. Seven, you know, sometimes people are motivated by wanting to enhance a physical universe. You know, they love to build bridges and houses and structures. That's a very strong, you would call it sixth dynamic, very motivated in that area. Some people are very passionate about the environment. You might say they have a strong fifth dynamic. Anyway, we'll carry on. So six is a physical universe. Seven, spirits. We've all known very spiritual people, very strong on the seventh dynamic. And eight, infinity or the supreme being. So that's the eighth dynamic. Many of us have had the uh, good fortune to become acquainted with people who are very strongly motivated on the eighth dynamic, godly people, okay? So that is the definition of dynamic. So let's go back to ethics. So he says, the actions an individual takes on himself in order to accomplish optimum survival for himself and others on all dynamics. Ethics are reason. These are Mr. Hubbard's words. Ethics are reason, consisting of rationality toward the highest level of survival for the individual, the future race, the group, and mankind, and the other dynamics taken collectively. It is, listen to this carefully, because this is a qualifying point. It is a personal thing. When one is ethical or, quote, has his ethics in, end quote, it is by his own determinism and is done by himself. This is a very important clarifying point because sometimes people get confused between ethics and what the group calls justice. So somebody who fails to get ethics in on themselves, which is a personal thing, and they're out there harming the other dynamics in such a fashion that the group ultimately will take a justice action. That is not an ethics action they're taking. That's a justice action. Ethics is personal. 
it's taken on oneself. Okay. So he says, um, it is a personal thing when one is ethical or, quote, has his ethics in, end quote. It is by his own determinism and is done by himself. The word comes from the Greek ethos, which means character. So I think it's very interesting to know that the derivation of the word ethics comes from the word for character. Okay, so that's ethics. So with that definition, we see that ethics is intimately connected to rationality and survival. These three things are very, very closely related. This is me talking now. Okay, I didn't, that's just, I'm just giving you a datum. Okay, that these three things are very closely related. Thus, a condition is not just an operating state. It is an operating state, but it is also a survival state. Someone operating in the condition of danger, for instance, the name of that condition should tell you that it's dangerous. So someone operating in the condition of danger is at risk of a drastic diminishment in survival. Someone in power, which is the highest condition there is, is surviving very, very well. The step-by-step formulas, therefore, are not just leading you from a not-so-survival condition to a higher and more survival condition. They are also paths of rationality, if you will. They are reason, they are survival, and therefore they are ethical. This is one of the reasons why an ethical and rational person might drop his or her jaw when someone says to them, ah, I know it's not the greatest good for the greatest number of dynamics, but dot, 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 I'm going to do it anyway. And the person points out what they're going to do anyway. And so the person has to ask themselves, Is that person being rational? Are they being ethical? And finally, are they actually being survival? So while it may not always seem, quote, easy, end quote, to execute a formula, sometimes you have to make some hard choices, the alternative of ignoring the condition and its formula is guaranteed failure. You understand? It's guaranteed failure because you're not following the steps of the formula. These are Natural laws, these are the natural steps one has to take to get from one condition to the next. That's what Mr. Harbour discovered, and that's what we're covering in this series. Now, I have watched individuals ignore their responsibilities for some of the higher dynamics, like the mankind dynamic, for example, to establish for themselves wealth and comfort. Nothing wrong with being wealthy, I'm just saying. I've watched it done with an obliviousness to some of these higher dynamics. I mean, you've seen it too. You can look around. You can look at what happens to our environment when, or these drug companies who are, you know, chasing the dollar at the expense of other dynamics. So so I've watched individuals ignore their responsibilities for some of these higher dynamics and establish for themselves wealth and comfort on the first and second dynamics, and then see them plagued with health issues or familiar problems, or I might have to help them fish their kids out of jail or something. I've done that. Okay. So 
you know, it, it seems like they've set themselves up for life. But then again, you take a look and like, where's the comfort in being chronically ill, for instance? So one way or the other, you can't beat ethics and you can't beat the formulas as much as we might like to think we can. We can't. So what's the moral of the story? Stay rational. Stay ethical and keep surviving at higher and higher levels, there's no limit to how well a being can survive. Just for your information. There's always higher levels and conditions of existence that you can aspire towards. There's a tremendous benefit in achieving spiritual integrity, for instance. You know, much, much higher planes of honor and some of these other things and friendships and and, and, and wealth. And, and and material things too. It's not like you can have it all, but you got to apply the steps of the formula. Just keep doing your formulas and keep, and this is very important, and keep operating on the greatest good for the greatest number of dynamics. All right, so with that all said, let's tackle this chapter from L. Ron Hubbard's book, Introducing the Subject of Ethics, and this chapter is entitled The Conditions, States of Operation. So now I quote from Mr. Hubbard, an organization or its parts or an individual passes through various states of existence. These, if not handled properly, bring about shrinkage and misery and worry and death. If handled properly, they bring about stability, expansion, influence, and well-being. Mr. Harvard's going to list out all the conditions from top to bottom. By the way, we're not going to define these states, but we will be covering each one in future episodes, one by one, from the bottom up, okay? These arranged from highest to lowest are power, power change, affluence, normal operation, emergency, Danger, non-existence, liability, doubt, enemy, treason, confusion. That's the bottom of the scale. We covered confusion. We did one episode on treason. Might do another one. Not to decide, but so far we've covered confusion pretty thoroughly and we started on treason in these business-wise episodes. So the formulas for these are apparently monitoring formulas for livingness. So, you know, one of the things to impo- important things to understand from Mr. Hubbard is he's discovering these steps. He's not creating them out of whole cloth, okay? He's examining what does it take to get from confusion to treason, from treason to enemy, enemy to doubt. And so he says, apparently, these are monitoring formulas for livingness. Okay, you want to live, you want to have a better life, you want to increase your livingness, this is the way to go with these conditions, their descriptions, and their formulas. Okay, so now, as I mentioned, there are seven points he makes in this chapter, and we're going to go through them one by one. So he says here, quote, the first thing to know about them is that each step in a formula is in exact sequence and must be done in that sequence. It is totally fatal to reverse the order of sequence of two or more actions. 
That's the first thing. And he gives an example. He says, example, in emergency, economize before you promote. The first step of emergency is to promote. And economize comes later as a step. So, But he says here, in emergency, economize before you promote. If the sequence is disordered, the final result is a smaller org. Org is short for organization. The final result is a smaller org or less influential person. So if the person does the first thing that comes to their mind when things are in emergency and, oh, my goodness, we're contracting, save all our money, you know, economize. Aye, 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 aye. That's the wrong step. And if you do that, you're going to contract. So the right step is to promote first. And it takes guts to do that. Trust me, I've been there. So have you. And I've, I've told others to do it. You know, write that check. But that's all the money I have left. Write that check. Let's get some promotion out. No sense in saving that money. Spend it on promotion. And we're all sweating. Even though I'm being the consultant, I'm still going to sweat for the guy. You know, it's like, it's, it's nerve-wracking, but it is the first step. And if you do it, it all comes out fine. And if you don't do it, you're going to contract. So that's just an example that he gives you. So he says, a key datum is that if the formulas are not known or not correctly applied, an organism emerges from each crisis smaller. So look at how many of you, and I, and I know some of you are guilty of this because I talk to you guys, right? And I say, well, look, are you applying the formula? He says, yeah, kind of. What do you mean kind of? Well, I'm doing it in my head. Like, all right, you're so hot on the conditions formulas that you've memorized them. You know, every step, you can just do them in your head. Okay, is that, if you had a precise procedure, technically, uh, you were doing surgery or something like that, and you've never done this surgery before, and you don't really know the steps that well, you've read them over, okay, I'm going to do some open heart surgery now, and I more or less have it in my head. Really? Don't be my surgeon. Okay. These formulas need to be applied with precision. Do you understand? So as many years, you know, some of us veterans who've been using these conditions formulas for years and years and years, we write the steps down every week when we do a formula write-up based on the expansion or contraction of the last week. You know, I'll grab my book and let's make sure I got all the steps down, you know? I mean, probably know them by heart by now, but it's just a habit, you know, because these have to be applied with precision. Okay, so that's step, that's number one. Okay, uh, they have their steps and they must be done in order. Then he says this, quote, the next thing to know is that one knows what formula to apply only by closely and continually inspecting statistics. By statistics is meant number of things, measurement of volume, all relative to time. A statistic not compared to the same type of statistic earlier will not predict any future statistic. I, I can give you here, this is not a weight loss program. This is business-wise. This is tips on how to handle your business. But let's just for simplicity's sake say you're trying to lose weight. I can guarantee you weight loss. Guarantee it. If you follow the conditions formulas. Okay, so you're at 240 pounds, you want to get down to 195 pounds. Okay, you plot that 
as a statistic, you jump on the scale, 240. Okay, good. You're going, you work out and you do your, you know, you're watching your food and all that. And you go back and you go 239. Oh, okay. That's a normal statistic. You, you would have this graph upside down, obviously, because you're trying to lose weight, right? But now you have cold, hard facts, statistics, but the number 240 doesn't do anything for you. I'll have to continually monitor it at least weekly, if not more often than that, right? So he says, a statistic not compared to the same type of statistic earlier will not predict any future statistics. So you go, okay, good. We started at 240. We started this diet. We started this exercise regimen. We went down to 239, 238, 237. Ah, I can predict that probably next week I'll be at 236, right? But if it jumps up back to 239 again, now that's a down statistic. Remember, it's an upside down graph. You know, you better apply a condition to that. You probably slipped on something. Need to do a danger formula or something like that, right? Again, we haven't started talking about the danger formula yet, but they're precise. It's a very good exercise, actually. If you're trying to lose weight, you can apply the conditions to that problem. You will get success if you do these formulas. Okay. So he goes on. How's that for a little bonus episode of Business Wise? Okay. Uh, back to the, the chapter here. He says, a statistic not compared to the same type of statistic earlier will not predict any future statistic. A single statistic is meaningless. Statistics are always worse than, the same as, or better than they were at an earlier period. Graphing and the reading of graphs is a vital necessity then in monitoring an org, department, or person and applying condition formulas to it. Yeah. I think I'm in normal. Yeah, I think my family's in normal. Yeah, everything seems to be okay. And then the next day your kid runs away from home or something, right? Oh, I thought I was doing great. Well, what's your statistic? See, it's not a, you don't sense these things, right? It's, it's something, yeah, well, you can sense it, of course, but you have to put it down on a piece of graph paper. That's the other thing. Guys tell me, well, you know, I keep statistics. Oh, good. Let me look at your graphs. Well, I don't graph them. You cannot tell a condition what condition you're in by just looking at a bunch of numbers. They got to be graphed and compared to earlier periods. And that way you can predict future. Okay. I'm sure many of you are wondering, well, how would you statisize a family? I know you can, you can take a stab at it. I mean, you might try pleasant experiences versus negative experiences. You know, well, we had, you know, well, it's fun working with the kids on their homework. And then, you know, I played ball with the kid in the back and you haven't had an argument in quite some time. That's not a bad stat. We're doing pretty good here. Or, you know, I've noticed we're having a lot of, you know, pouting going on and, you know, walking away from conversations going on. And those are negative experiences. And those seem to be on the increase. Hmm, that's an interesting indicator. Maybe you should apply a condition to that. Anyway, that's families. I don't pretend to be an expert in that area, but I've raised a great son. I know that. Okay, so back to this. Oh, he gives you an example here. He says, this is much easier than it appears. If you made $1,000 last week and only $200 this week, you obviously are slipping. If you made $1,100 this week, you are pretty stable. If you made $5,000 this week, you are affluent, all compared to the $1,000 you made last week. So he gives you a very simple example, a monetary example, which is businesses are far easier to statisize, I've found, than families. So first dynamic, I had a friend of mine who is in chronic pain start statisizing hours out of pain and apply conditions to that. She called me up not that long ago to tell me how she's still doing that. It's 
something like 10 years later and how she's recovered a tremendous amount of health just by keeping a statistic of hours out of pain. So you can do a lot of interesting things with statistics. The point is that if you're going to apply conditions, uh, if you're going to determine your condition and apply a formula to it, you need to have some sort of a statistic and you need to graph it. Okay. So he goes on to say, um, what is the code of conduct you should use to stay healthy under these conditions? These are the condition formulas. So here he's referring to the condition formulas as a code of conduct. How about that? Have you ever thought about your condition formulas as a code of conduct? Are you keeping your code of conduct? Nope. Nope. I, I don't pay any attention to the conditions. I just sort of guess and sort of fluke my way along, you know? Well, you can achieve probably some success in some areas with that by gosh and by golly, but what kind of influence do you really want? What kind of success do you really want? And you know, one thing I want to point out to everybody here, I don't care how you're doing personally, we have some alarming situations happening on the mankind dynamic and the fifth and sixth dynamics that we all need to confront. We're all standing on the same spaceship Earth. So, you know, it would behoove any of us to really look across the dynamics on our actions because we say, oh, I'm surviving so well. Look, look at this steak on my plate. Look at this bottle of wine that cost, you know, a grand sitting at my table. You telling me the ship is sinking? Really? Oh, I thought I was surviving so well. Surprise. So you got to look across the dynamics, in other words. Okay. So that was the second point. Now, here's the third thing to know is that one, this is Mr. Hubbard now. The third thing to know is that one can wreck an org or department or person by applying the wrong condition formula. A person is in emergency condition. One applies a condition of affluence or power or anything but the emergency formula, and the person will go bust. The universe is made that way. The right condition must be applied. So that's a third thing that you need to. I hope you're keeping score. You need to know that if you're applying the wrong condition formula, you're going to drop. Okay, so all the more reason to make sure you have some statistical system to monitor the condition that you are in. Okay, next, he says, a vital thing to realize is that the formulas of conditions exist. They are part and parcel of any activity in this universe, and now that they are known, they must be complied with. This takes about 90% of chance out of business operation, or personal economics. How about that? Think about that. 90% of chance. Yeah, you're starting a business. What are the chances we make it for the first year or two? I don't know, man. 50-50. How would you like it to be 90% that you're going to be successful? Use the conditions and their formulas. He then says, and this is a very important sentence, by the way, the variables are only how well one estimates the situation and how energetic one is in applying the formulas. One, two, one, two. Estimate your situation. Boy, we're in danger. Boy, we're in emergency. Boy, but make sure it's accurate. And then how energetic one is in applying the formulas. Those are the only variables. Assess the situation correctly. Apply the formula energetically. That's it. And he goes on to say this, the next thing to know is that the proper application 
of the proper formula works. This is the fifth thing that he's pointing out about the conditions formulas. So he says, the next thing to know is that the proper application of the proper formula works. It works no matter how stupidly it is applied, only so long as the right formula is applied and the exact sequence of steps is taken. This is a very reassuring factor about the conditions formulas. If you apply them brilliantly, you're going to do better, faster. If you apply them dumbly, stupidly, but you're at least doing the steps, you're still going to improve your condition. They work no matter what. It just won't happen as quickly. So he goes on to say this. Brilliance only shows up in the speed of recovery or expansion. Very brilliant applications show up in overnight sound expansions. Dull applications, given only that they are correct, show up in slower expansions. In other words, nobody has to be a screaming genius to apply them or dream up the necessary ideas in them. These are Mr. Hubbard's words. He says, in other words, nobody has to be a screaming genius to apply them or dream up the necessary ideas in them. One only has to estimate the condition accurately and act energetically in applying its steps in exact order. The brighter the ideas, the faster the expansion, that's all. The expansion or gain is itself inevitable. His words. The expansion or gain is itself inevitable. How about that? Just do the formulas. Estimate correctly your condition and do the formulas. Goes on to say, however, if the dullness includes adding needless steps, then one may fail. So don't add more steps, just do the formula. And if one is so stupid that a wrong estimate is made of conditions and a wrong formula is applied and applied with its steps in wrong sequence, then one jolly well deserves to fail. So you can be dull, but do the formulas correctly. And make sure you're applying the right formula. Okay. Almost done with this here. We're down to now um, the, I think this is point six. He doesn't number them in the chapter. I've, I just counted them up. He says, another thing to know is that these conditions apply to a universe, a civilization, an org, a portion of an org, or a person alike. So the conditions apply to all the dynamics. You can apply to a building. You know, you got a house and it's like, you know, you, you walk into the kitchen and there's a leak, you know, dripping into the kitchen from the floor upstairs. Wow, you're in a danger condition right there with that house. That house is in danger. You better do something about it or, you know, you smell smoke, <laughs> you know, that's a danger. If you don't do the danger formula, you're going to go into non-existence. Your house is going to fall apart. It's going to burn down, whatever. So it can be applied to any and all dynamics. It does apply to any and all dynamics. So he goes on to say this. This is the, the final point. We'll wrap this up. This may be a bit of a longer episode, and I apologize for that, but it's critical, really critical one. The next thing to know is that knowing the formulas carries the responsibility of using them. How about that? Pins it right on you. You're the guy responsible. You're the girl responsible. You know the formulas. You've got no more excuses to fail. 
Sorry about that, buddy. No more excuses to fail. You know the formulas. You now have the responsibility to use them. He says the next thing to know is that knowing the formulas carries the responsibility of using them. Otherwise, one can be accused of willful suicide. For these are the formulas, and they do work like magic. I have watched these formulas work like magic time and time and time again. I've watched people emergency promote, and as the postcards are going hit in the mailbox, they haven't even had a chance to arrive with anybody yet, people start coming in the door. You've probably seen this. I've had people who are, you know, begging to, you know, be phased out of their business. They won't do the power formula. They're in power. They don't even know it. And they're trying to, you know, I'm trying to get into quote unquote phase two. That's not exactly accurate. They're actually trying to phase out. It's not phase two. It's phase out. That's another, I think he even did an episode on that. But all I'm trying to say is they never did the power formula. They never wrote up with their hat. They never did everything possible to make the post occupiable. You can listen to the ones on power, the, the, the episodes we did on power. We're going to be reviewing those. The moment they start writing up their hats, the moment they start putting in their organizing board and putting in their statistical systems and putting in all that stuff and making it very occupiable, like magic, the person who's going to take over the business shows up. Like magic. I've seen that happen dozens and dozens of times. Okay, so if you're there whining about how you can, you know, you're stuck to your company, take a look at your formulas. All right. It says, and they do work like magic. And this is the final sentence. If these formulas are not known or used, expansion is totally a matter of chance or fate, regardless of how good one's ideas are. So there's your alternative. Leave it up to chance or fate. Yeah, it's my fate. Business is doing terrible. I'm getting heavier and heavier. I'm getting less and less healthy. It's fate. You know, that's just the way the environment is these days. You know, you can't, you know, there's no way to be cause over it. Yes, there is called conditions and their formulas. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. That is our more or less embraceive episode on the conditions. You can review this one again if you want to. I would memorize those seven points, bear them in mind as you listen to the rest of the series that we're doing here on the conditions and their formulas, but uh, very ambitious for us. This is probably going to be a bit of a extended series because there's a there's quite a bit to know but i think it's going to be very productive for you i'm looking forward to your feedback please uh, leave a comment give us a like if you liked what you heard and write us at info at wiseeastus.org if you're digging what we're doing okay thank you for listening and we will talk again next week